Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan. And today I'm joined by guest author Nicholas Day, who's going to talk with me about kids and developmental milestones. A few years ago, my wife and I were talking with some other parents, and one of them asked if our youngest son had started to walk yet. Some of the parents were amazed and a little concerned that a boy of his age hadn't started walking. After all, babies are supposed to start walking exactly 14.5 months after they've left the womb, right? So, if you have a 15-month-old who hasn't started walking yet, that must mean your child's abnormal, doesn't it? Shouldn't you schedule some appointments with your pediatrician, psychologist, and maybe even an attorney? This episode is brought to you by Reagan.com. We're always trying to find ways to help you do things better. And nobody does corporate communications better than our friends at Reagan.com. Their reputation for practical, useful webinars and events is second to none. Which is why I'm happy to tell you about an upcoming webinar from Reagan, Microsoft Outlook, an advanced tutorial. Those of you that use Microsoft Outlook to check your email and keep track of your meetings and appointments may not realize that there are advanced organization techniques that Microsoft Outlook has to offer. In this webinar, you'll learn how to use a three-folder organizational system that will help you categorize email before it arrives in your inbox, search, sort, and quickly find past emails by using color categories, and schedule meetings, create tasks, and organize your calendar. If your inbox is even a little cluttered, you'll definitely benefit from this webinar. Just go to the show notes to learn more and find the special invitation from Reagan today. As parents, we often have concerns when our children's development doesn't follow the, quote, typical pattern, as dictated by countless books, magazine articles, and websites. Well, when writer Nicholas Day became a first-time parent, he fell into the same trap of reading and believing these expert opinions on what his son should and should not be doing in a given age. Then one day, he started doing his own research on developmental milestones. He discovered that there was a lot more to developmental milestones than he had been led to believe. That's why he decided to write a book called Baby Meets World to set the record straight and put a lot of worried parents at ease. Let's check out what he has to say on the subject. Thanks, Lee. It's great to be here on the Everyday Einstein Show. Listen to this quote. Is this child normal, or shall I take him to the clinic? That's from the foreword to a book by the president of the British Psychological Society, published in 1956, and it neatly summed up the concerns his book was meant to address. The book's splendid title, The Normal Child and Some of His Abnormalities. A half-century later, the language for talking about these things hasn't gotten much more precise. After our family moved across the country when our son Isaiah was a toddler, we had to complete a one-page questionnaire for his new daycare. The form was constructed like a Mad Libs game, with blanks for us to finish the sentences, and about halfway through it, we hit these. Developmentally, my child is... My child walked at... Isaiah, at this point, 
was in his mid-twos. He'd already run the terrifying gauntlet of early milestones. I had thought we were through with this. We weren't. At an interview a few months later for a preschool, long story, honest, the admissions director asked us, And do you remember when he started to walk? We tried to remember. And is he meeting all his developmental milestones? Running? Climbing? Climbing? Climbing what? We nodded numbly. A new wave of motor development research has overturned the paradigm on which developmental milestones were founded. The omnipotent power of neural maturation. The idea that the development of our bodies obediently follows the development of our brains. But the most compelling work in motor development today looks at the subject from the perspective of the infant, a very different angle. The infant, of course, has no idea what she's going to be doing next. It could be standing. It could be flying. And once you're down on the floor with her, you can see that before walking emerges, there's something of a free-for-all going on. Infants aren't obeying. They're discovering. Motor development, far from being generic and prescribed, is a creative act. Most developmental milestones are the legacy of the earlier era of motor development research, when psychologists thought that all this was much more predictable than it actually is. But although the milestones are outmoded, they still stand. They don't even wobble much. Developmental psychologists have pretty much discarded the concept of developmental milestones, but those milestones remain the only thing that most people know about developmental psychology. No parent would have much reason to suspect that milestones are suspect. They are still prominently featured in child development textbooks and pediatricians' offices. They're around mostly because they never went away. No one advocates for milestones. They aren't endorsed by the relevant medical journals or committees. Nonetheless, they continue to be the most common tool pediatricians use to track developmental progress. The vast majority of milestone lists, from standard pediatric references to sidebars and baby manuals, use the median age. A few lists provide a range of ages or some broad parameters, but the median percentile is what gets the major billing. Unequivocal, memorable, it catches the eye of the doctor and the parent. It sticks with you. Of course, half of all children will always be beneath the median. Otherwise, it wouldn't represent the 50th percentile. In other words, as the pediatrician Laura Sykes has written, after reviewing 50th percentile milestone information, as many as half of parents could conclude that their child is possibly delayed. So instead of medians, it would make far more sense, in almost all circumstances, to talk about the 10th to 90th percentiles, the vast age range of normal variation. Even these broad parameters risk being too narrow, though. In a recent study, 45 infants were assessed monthly on their motor skills until they were 18 months old. During this time, their percentile rankings for motor skills rose and fell wildly for no apparent reason. Sometimes the babies had small flurries of accomplishment. Sometimes they fell into a rut. Nearly a third of them ranked below the 10th percentile at least once, the red line for at-risk development. But every one of them ultimately turned out just fine. None actually warranted the at-risk label. Time and again, studies have failed to predict future problems from motor development measures, and once you grasp just how many infants appear at risk, you realize why such studies keep failing. At any random point in time, a perfectly healthy baby 
is indistinguishable from an infant with developmental problems. By design, developmental screening is guaranteed to restore scores of false positives. Given how crucial early intervention can be, doctors and therapists will never stop screening for developmental problems, nor should they. But since it is so tricky to identify delays, they might never get much better at it either. Medically, we may always have to trade a preschool's worth of false positives, needless anxiety about developmental problems, for a few accurate diagnoses, actual developmental problems. That's probably a trade worth making. For children with serious problems, early therapy can be extraordinarily beneficial. But the rhetoric of milestones doesn't imply that doctors and therapists have to make this sort of trade. It implies a precision that's the very opposite of the reality. Even if screening can't be improved, the language for talking about screening certainly can be. At the very least, the word normal should be scratched from the developmental vocabulary. What's typical in infancy is variation. Rather than a long list of milestones, parents would sleep better with fewer but more relevant guidelines. We'd all do better to acknowledge just how unstructured infancy actually is. Later is just fine, and earlier isn't any better. If you're a pediatrician, mother, brother, uncle, second cousin, dog walker, or cashier at the local grocery store gives you advice about your child and what he really should be doing now, here's what you should keep in mind. 1. Think twice before worrying. Most advice about milestones, when so-and-so should really be doing something, is not worth taking. Remember that deviation from the norm is actually normal. It's not by itself the sign of a serious problem. 2. When a milestone occurs doesn't matter. There are no detailed, sophisticated, long-term studies that link early motor milestones with future achievement. There's simply no scientific reason to think that earlier is better. 3. Healthy babies screw around. By moving lots of different ways, infants adapt to the many different environments they will encounter. When a baby spends his time moving in the craziest, least efficient way imaginable, that's actually adaptive. It's a good thing. I'd like to thank Nicholas Day for his insightful, panic-free advice. If you like today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Einstein. If you have a question you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Lee Phelan, with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.